Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. It is 12.05, time for Jensen's. Isn't that weird, you calling myself in the third person? Uh, time for the Jensen. I don't like that either. Whatever. This is the Delaware Consumer Price Survey, wherein I talk with, well, many of you, but also uh, people who are purchasing agents and owners of local stores, grocery stores, automobile repair, hardware stores. What is it they cannot find, and how much are prices going up? Because they're paying more, and they have to pay their mortgages as well. I want to thank you listening who also share the problems you're having and finding things like cat food and stuff like that. Always email rick at wdel.com. Today, special guest, King Whetstone. That's not his title. That's his first name. He's regional director of the USDA NASS, which is the National Agricultural Statistics Service. Yes, he is uh, not a bean counter, but a wheat counter. King, thanks for being on, sir. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, so, um, okay, how'd you come by the first name King? I asked this because my mom's maiden name, last name was King. Sure, sure. So uh, the whole name, believe it or not, Rick, is King James Whetstone II. Why, yes, so of course a, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Are you royalty? <laughs> Are you really royalty? I'm far from that. Just uh, named after my dad and my grandfather who named four of his sons King, believe it or not. So I got three uncles that are named King in addition to my dad. So just a family name. So he was just hoping. He was hoping, you know, maybe <laughs> if, uh, you know, there's some sort of uh, massive loss in life, they'd say, hey, this guy, his name's King. He's in line. Sure, why not? Number, I thought maybe you'd like be number 137 in line for the King of England or something. Oh, I wish. Uh, I'm just... I'm just a, a, a loyal servant in the, with the government, so that's that's my title. And, uh, and we were making fun of the movie uh, Trading Places. Look, the crop report is in, and and uh, but this is kind of like that. It's the ag census, and you, you guys uh, in this office, not you, but the office has been doing this for like 180 years, and it uh, it covers uh, maple syrup and wheat and hay, and that's important for us who are going to the grocery store uh, once or twice a week, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, we uh, USDA NAS, and that's our mission. We're data collectors. We're the data collection branch for USDA, and we conduct four to five hundred surveys a year. And uh, the census is every five years, uh, which we're gearing up uh, for now to mail out at the end of this year, around November. And, and you survey like thousands of business owners, small businesses, big businesses. I mean, you really do statistically have this incredible database for what's happening in the real world, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not only ag businesses, but uh, of course, we go directly to the farmers and ranchers to to collect our data. So let's uh, let's talk about that. Maryland, for example, uh, Maryland. I understand there's a decrease in uh, in wheat acreage. Well, yeah, yeah. So in Maryland, uh, it's forecast to harvest uh, 140,000 acres in 2022, and that's about a uh, 20,000 acres uh, decrease from, from last year. Okay, so if production is like 10.9 million bushels. That's 14% low the, uh, below last year, 14% less wheat than last year. And we're, we're seeing um, so much uh, shortages of wheat because of Russia invading Ukraine as well. What does this mean for people who want to uh, buy bread and muffins? Yeah, so it's going to, you know, 
when we set that estimate, and keep in mind, it's still a forecast, right? So uh, this is what the the farmers uh, are telling us now: the expected production, expected harvest. Uh, but any any time you you go down, right, uh, a decrease um, in in production uh, can have an impact uh, on prices. And so, um, not only will the farmers uh, may feel that, but it, it always uh, trickles down to to the end user as well. Uh, so we have to wait and see uh, how how it ends, the end of the season goes. But right now we are seeing the decrease in Maryland. I know. I mean, we could talk about maple syrup, but okay, a, a little <laughs> bit. I don't think everybody buys maple syrup, but it's already expensive. What's happening with that now? Yeah, so uh, as you know, we just produced a report in Vermont, uh, expected a production a record high uh, for Vermont, and uh, the prices uh, that we publish uh, the average price was up 19% at $32 per gallon uh, for Vermont. And then um, in, in New York, uh, we saw where the prices uh, went from uh, the average price per gallon was 37 uh, 80 per gallon. And that was up from 34.40 in 2020. So um, production is up uh, in New, uh, Vermont, down in, in, in New York, but we see the prices creeping up again. Uh, anytime we see those, re- and that's right to the retail, that's a retail price. So we see an increase, um, that'll be an impact to the customers. Well, King, usually when you see a lot of production, supply and demand means that the price comes down. But now uh, transportation costs are way up. I mean, look at diesel fuel. And uh, and what about labor uh, with, with these maple farms? What, what's the situation with labor? Can they find people? Are they finding them? Are they paying them more than they were last year? Yeah, labor is a sensitive topic, but uh, uh, they the prices are up, uh, and as you mentioned, Rick, uh, in, input costs are a challenge for our farmers today. I mean, fuel, transportation, uh, so all of that, you know, if if the farmer has to absorb it, uh, obviously for for them to be profitable, uh, we we see some of the prices going up. Wages are going up. The price per or feed is going up, and so it's just a it's a trickle effect uh, on, on the ag economy. Yeah, when it, and when you go to the local uh, Acme's uh, grocery store here, uh, you see that reflected right there at the counter. I mean, I I see uh, muffins uh, going. I like I, I like beige muffins. I'm not the I'm not the guy who goes and says, "Ooh, <laughs> the name brand," you know. <laughs> and and I've seen those increase, and sometimes they have a sale. And when they do, I, I get a bunch of them because you know we have to be. Um, I guess coupon shoppers and all that now, but uh, we also see the price of uh, of hamburger going way up. I I used to be able to buy from my wife likes this organic, uh, you know, specially packaged one pound beef, and it was like you know ninety percent lean, and they'd have it uh, anywhere from you know four ninety nine to five ninety nine. They have a a sale like four ninety nine. Well now. It's it's easily seven ninety nine for a pound of that, and it's not ninety percent lean. What I'm seeing at my grocery store, it's eighty percent. Now you think about this. Uh, it's not just the fact that tr- dis- uh, distribution is up, and labor is up, and transportation is up. It's also feeding the cows, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, and we do we do a haystack uh, estimate uh, as well, and and as you as you know, uh, producers look at that information to to see what's out there, the availability of the feed, and so, you know, in periods of scarcity, uh, prices rise, leading to a ration use of hay, and uh, 
until that new crop becomes available. And 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 when there's a surplus, the prices fall, encouraging uh, increased usage. So, for these reasons, um, that that hay stock report is, is important uh, for them to monitor that to see what's out there, because they have to be you know fiscally responsible when when they're when they're providing that feed. Uh, to their animals. So. Yeah, and by the way, this doesn't seem to be any bad news here. For example, uh, you report, King, that uh, as of May 1, Delaware hay stocks totaled 2,000 tons unchanged from a year ago. That's good news. Uh, and farms in Maryland, 66,000, up 16% uh, from last May. And in New Jersey, 14,000 tons, up 40% uh, from the previous May. So we've got more and more hay uh, Pennsylvania up 24%. So what does that mean to us as, uh, you know, as shoppers, as consumers? What what can this possibly mean to us? Yeah, it, yeah with hay stocks, so, and so we're, we're, that report is, you know, really used by the livestock producers, again, to, to judge availability. And when it comes to the, to the stores, consumers, they may not when it comes to hay, you may not feel the impact as much as as we would think with wheat because of uh, what it's used for, as far as um, consumers' usage. So, uh, but anytime, again, anytime you have hay stocks, when when there is a surplus, then um, obviously prices will be impacted in in a positive way because they will fall. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we that's what we hope to have. Well, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, yeah, seriously, yeah, I yeah. I am not I am not. I, okay, so I mentioned to you off the air. We're not going to talk about politics, folks. But you know, I just want people to know that you know, for 21 years, I've been extraordinarily critical of uh, of Joe Biden in many ways, and 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 I'm, I just want you to know, I am not cheering for a recession, and I'm not cheering for inflation, um, and in fact, just the opposite. And when I saw this, I thought, well, this could be good news uh, for people who want to buy beef and beef products. That uh, if the hay stocks are 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 just booming, like 24% more in, in Pennsylvania. Delaware is about the same. Okay, but it's not like Delaware provides a whole lot, uh, you know, all around the country. And I saw Maryland was up for about uh, 16%. I thought, well, this could be good news as well. And uh, and that's what I'm hoping for is some good news. So it's good. King Whetstone, I'm glad to see there's some good news there. Let's talk about uh, farm labor because as statisticians there at the NASS, you also go and you uh, do surveys with thousands of these farmers, for example, on uh, on farm labor. And uh, it looks like these wages are pretty darn good, uh, $17 an hour, $16 an hour. Where are we with the farm labor? Yeah, sure. So, for, so we do a... Uh, um... Uh, annual release that contains uh, regional and, and national data. Uh, we there were over 630,000 workers hired directly by farms, and that was across the nation. Right during the week of uh, April 10th through 16th, that was our our reference year, which was up uh, from the uh, April 21. And then we're talking about the nation. Um, so the the farm operators paid their hire workers on average $17.22. Uh, per hour during April 22 reference week, and that mm-hmm. was up from April 21. And, and so we have a breakdown. Field workers were 1650, livestock workers were 1582. But respectively, they're they're up, right? And so uh, to be competitive, right? Uh, wages you see wages increase because that's that's kind of um, 
uh, challenging to, to get good labor on the farm. Uh, you're going to have to be competitive with the wages, especially with other uh, entities increasing their wages. Sure. And we are, from the previous year, we are seeing an increase in wages. Well, I see that in our region, Delaware, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, I like to call the quad state region here, uh, 26,000 workers hired directly by farms just during this one week in which you guys uh, made calls and did emails for the survey. And uh, the workers worked about 37.7 hours a week, so less than 40 hours a week. And uh, the average wage was like $17.59 an hour. That seems kind of healthy. Um, is there Now, might that also play into uh, the price of goods? Well, yeah, so so increases, uh, it, it impacts a lot of things. And, of course, we don't make predictions here in NAS. So no. We provide the facts. But, but of course, you know, um, I think if you're uh, – it's reasonable to conclude uh, anytime you're increasing uh, wages uh, on the farm, then, then other things uh, will be impacted as well. So so overall, uh, farm workers are being paid a lot more uh, than, uh, than a year ago. I mean, those are pretty good increases. Uh, anywhere from 3% to 8% uh, around there increases from uh, the year before. We're seeing uh, more and more hay going to uh, the cattle farmers, for example, uh, in the forecast. And unfortunately, we're seeing a decrease in uh, in wheat uh, being produced as well. Uh, are you getting any reasons? Are they telling you any reasons uh, why uh, these farmers are, uh, are, are planning on planting and, and harvesting less wheat? Well, um, I, I think w- when you look at it, um, farmers make decisions based on a lot of things. Again, we mentioned input input costs. Um, we mentioned uh, available, I mean, well, the, the commodity, what, what's in need, um, and so, and, and weather too, right? So when, when we're doing a forecast, um, that, that could change. Um, uh, weather dependent, right? So uh, we'll see. Uh, that's that's what we are now in our current for- forecast, and uh, uh, we keep at it. That's what we do at, at USDA. Is we follow up to make sure that their intentions or what they expected uh, was realized down the road, and we'll be able to have a, a better idea as we continue to collect the data. No, I'm really glad that you do this. It's uh, USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service, and uh, King Whetstone is the regional director. I, I was reading these reports because uh, I like to have those quiet moments in my life where I read dull stuff. And I was teasing King off the air saying, yeah, uh, your work is pretty dull. But even though it is, oh, my gosh, I mean, the, the information you bring to us, when you think about what it means, it is so important to our lives. And it gives us an idea of what might be coming down uh, in the future. So what else would you like us to know about um, maybe even, uh, you know, some other uh, research or survey you've done? What, what would, else would you like us to know about this? Well, sure. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank the farmers and ranchers who respond to our survey because um, uh, we do a lot of surveys and without their cooperation, it's, it's impossible for us to provide this critical data. Uh, but one of the surveys that we do every five years uh, is the census of agriculture. Uh, so we will be conducting the 2022 census of agriculture, and the mail-out will be in November of this year. And so if you haven't signed up to receive it, go to our website, www.nas.usda.gov, sign up. Uh, and if you do receive it in November, we just encourage you, please, please, to to send that 
a survey back because so many decisions are made based on the census of agriculture. You know, I know it's a sensitive topic, um, and it's uh, it's happening here in Delaware as well as other places. And so I'm wondering, have you heard anything yet from any farmers uh, to the level of specificity where where they say that they are replacing um, good agricultural land that produces like winter wheat and corn and soybeans and things like like that uh, with solar panels? Because you'll see these solar panel farms that are are like hundreds of acres, and and I wonder. You know, anecdotally, because I'm not in the statistical business like you are, but I, I wonder, you know, is there, is it like less than one-tenth of one percent? I mean, uh, you know, what, how, how much of this uh, agricultural land is being replaced with these solar panels? Sure. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's interesting. I was on a farm tour um, not too long ago, and and we went past a farm that had the, the solar panels, but uh, that's that's something that we're measuring. Uh, right, and so we we collected that data in 2017, and I don't have the exact percent, but we will again collect data uh, for that just to see what what is the interest or the change, and how many operations are really uh, implementing uh, solar panels on on the on the farm. So we it'll be interesting to see what the the next census say uh, in regards to that data. Okay, so now your job became a lot more interesting to me. I have friends who own farms, and I love to ride around on them. <laughs> it's just because it's really yeah, cool. Yeah. It's fun, and you get to do that. So good for you. That's fantastic. All the time. <laughs> All right. That's the best. One of the best parts getting out and, and actually seeing the seeing the fields and engaging with the operators. That's uh, that we can. Where's your headquarters? Where's your office? Yeah, so the so the regional office in the northeast region is Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Cromwell yeah. area. But our of course our headquarters is in in DC. Of course, it is King Whetstone, our regional director, USDA's office of NASS, the National Agricultural Statistics Service, uh, gives us an idea of what we might expect when we go grocery shopping. And I'm really glad you spent some time with us. Uh, this is the first time King's ever been on the program, and I certainly hope that we can do this again. All right, thanks, Rick. Appreciate right. the time. Yeah, thank you, sir. Uh, your take is always welcome at 302-529-1017, 302-529-1017. As part of the survey, I've uh, I've talked with people in different businesses. I talked to a guy. In fact, I talked to one, two, uh, three different people that own auto repair services. And uh, I asked uh, one, for example, about supply chain problems. What are you having a hard time finding? So, you know, your car breaks down. You got to get new brake pads. And I learned from one guy that they're having a hard time finding high-quality brake parts, right? The OEMs, things like that. Um, and, and they want to buy the best that they can buy, and they're having a hard time with that right now. So this other guy says, this all really started back in 2021, a nightmare trying to find something as simple as a rotor for a common automobile. When you do find them, prices double, uh, double from 2017. So newer automobiles have a new Freon in them, uh, 1234YF, okay? It costs over $100 a pound. And Delaware, it goes beyond the supply chain problems. He says, I spend my time running back and forth to the parts store because it takes them hours to get something to us because I become their surrogate delivery guy. I could go on and on, but at least the stock market's doing well. <laughs> he said sarcastically. Exactly. Um, grocery store owner. You know, I asked for uh, specifics, and what I'm getting from the grocery store owners is, it's crazy. It's just insane. And, and they said, Rick, I don't even have time to give specifics because everything is either going up or we're finding shortages. 
Fuel surcharges are going through the roof. Price increases are happening every day. This is grocery stores I talk to. Some weeks, the same item will increase in price two times in the same week. We're doing our best to absorb as much as we can, but we do have to pass along a lot of the price increases since we are already dealing with having to pay more to keep people here. And uh, and I'll tell you, I'm hearing the same from all these different business owners. Your take is always welcome at 302-529-1017. Talk and text. Uh, I know we're going to get to your calls. Let's get to your calls after a quick break. Please keep it here. <laughs> 